If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Academy podcast at Blackburn Rovers. Um, thank you for listening in to our a new content on Rovers Chat. We always appreciate anyone who, who watches and, and comments along with what we do here. Um, you can see we've got a, another special guest from the Academy. I'm pleased to say that we've got quite a few recently. But um, this is kind of a year on, Stuart, from the last time that yeah. we spoke. And you kind of kicked off this whole kind of behind the inside the Rovers Academy series. So, so it'd be good for us to have a chat a year later to see how things have developed over 2021, really. Yeah, no, it's great to be um, to be back on. And obviously, you know, I'm looking forward to some of the conversations and questions, um, you know, about the Academy and, and how the year's been and, and looking forward, really. Yeah, I, I did. We asked for questions and, and you guys have responded, thankfully. So we've got something to talk about, uh, which is always good. But um, let's just start with yourself. Um, you know, a year on from last year, you were very positive about the direction that the academy was going last year. Do you still feel the same way now? And and your own personal kind of progression, do you feel like you've progressed as well as a head of academy? Yeah, yeah listen, I think I, I think if we look over sort of 2021 in terms of, of, of the development within the academy, you know, I think it's been a, a real successful year. I think we've, you know, I was looking at some stats um, with regards to, to, to last season, um, which formed part of this year, obviously around academy graduates and minutes in the first team. And it was calculated around 25% of all first team minutes were taken up by academy graduates last season. So, you know, that, that's been a real success in terms of the players that are in the first team, um, starting games, as well as obviously players on the bench, which is, you know, be the massive bonus for us, really. Um, you know, and, that, and that's credit to the staff here, credit to the first team staff, um, the gaffer who wants who wants to put these young players in. Um, you know, as well as that, we've we've had you know the under 18s this season um, have started really well um, with regards to to how they're developing. We've had recognition. Ash Phillips, Jake Batty have been with England under 17s. Zach Gilson and around the island set up so. You know, we've, we feel as though it's been a really successful year in terms of the development of young players. Um, also around players that, you know, we've got in the system that we're really excited about. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll go on to it around the under-23s and, and the model that we've sort of adopted for this season. Um, but that's part of development and, and their development as young players. So I think if we looked at 2021 from an academy um, perspective, you know, we've seen it as a real success. Um, as part of that, really. And, you know, we re recently went through our audit process again for Category 1, and that was a few weeks ago. And, you know, there was some real, although we're still waiting on the report, but there was some real positive feedback about the the excellent work that goes on within the building um, and around the development of players. And 
and the connection really between academy and first team was really strong which is which is really ultimately what what it's about for us that that we continue to develop players to make that next step into our first team so so i'm delighted we've got some fantastic people in the building and it, for me it's been a real successful um yeah i'm long made that continue really Absolutely. And, you know, all those little components of your answer there, we'll delve into a little bit more detail as we go ahead. Um, but yeah, I've, let's just start with the, the PL2 and the under-23s, if, if that's okay. Um, obviously, kind of this time last year, they were up at the top of the, the top division of the PL2. Um, second half of the season continued to kind of be up there until the very end of the season where we, we dropped off a little bit. And now we see that the team is, I think, the, I think the bottom of the, the PL2 top division at the moment. Um, so you, you, you mentioned about a, a particular model that we're employing with the, with the under-23s. Can you expand on that? And does that play a part in the, I guess, the lack of results that we've seen from the under-23s this, this year? Yeah, listen, I, I, there's no doubt sort of last season, um, first part of last season, so 2020, you know, the, the under-23 group and, and the average age of that particular group was, you know, was was high really. Um, and we just felt certainly the second part of the season, it was important that we wanted to to reduce the average age within the group because from a development perspective, we looked at it and thought, well, certainly players who are 21, 22, they should really be out on loan if we can get them out on loan um, or around our first team. Um, and what we felt is that we, we had to open a pathway for the younger players, um, you know, whether that's sec first, second year scholars to come in and play games and get minutes at, at under 23 level, because ultimately it is about development and we have to challenge these young players. Um, and I felt speaking to, to the staff in the building here, to the first team staff, to to the board that you know ultimately that that was something that we had to start to to move towards um in terms of the model for the under 23 group and you know i think right across the club there was support for that that these young players had to be given opportunities we had to challenge them we have to make decisions on them as, as young players um at the football club so we started the process sort of the second part of the season around trying to reduce the age and give more opportunities to the younger players so the likes of maybe Lewis Thompson, Stefan Moles, who played a lot of games first part of the season, um, didn't play as much in the second part for the, for the younger players to come through. So it was important that we did that um, as part of the model moving forward, really. I think this season's been a challenge. Um, we, we have lost a couple of the, the more experienced under-23s through long-term injuries. So Sam Barnes, Isaac Whitehall, um, couple have gone out on loan. Dan Pike went out on loan to AFC Fylde early on. Um, you know, Sam Burns recently, FC United. So, although not older pros as such, but more of the experienced under-23s. Um, we have had a lot more of the scholars have been given opportunities. Jay Haddo, Harry Leonard, Adam Wharton, Charlie Weston, who are all young players, really. Um, Ash Phillips being one who's still, you know, first-year scholar. So, you know, but it's the right thing in terms of development that these young players are pushed through um, to challenge them. And, and it's been tough for them. There's no doubt about that. But if I'm honest, Andy, I haven't looked at the league table um, because for me, it's about these young players and how they do and how they develop because ultimately the end goal is is our first team. Um, 
So we have to do that. And, and we always knew it was going to be a challenge. We had a change to the manager. Obviously, Billy Barr left for Salford. Mike Sheeran's come in um, and taken on that role. So, you know, there's been a lot of changes in terms of the model, the staff around the group, um, and it's been a challenge. But there's also been a lot of development and learning from them young players um, when they've gone into to, to play some of these big teams and clubs. So, you know, that's the positive. And I, I was speaking to them the other week, and it is fine margins at times. You know, I went to West Ham last Friday and we did really well. Fine margins, we spoke about at the end. Their staff were really complimentary of, as to how well we played, how good the group were. Yeah, you know, ultimately we lose the game 1-0. But, but there's lots of positives to take from them young players and, and their development. And, you know, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a challenge and it's going to be tough. But it's the right, we feel as though it's the right model to go with, really. Yeah, so we released an academy podcast last week between me and Dan, um, and we we let we ended with this as a question. Like, I from I see it as win win. I think if these young players are getting more time in that competitive PL two, and there's something to play for here, we've got a relegation battle if you want to term it like that. Then they're going to either succeed in that and grow as individuals, or they're going to fail at that but still learn something and grow grow as individuals. So these young yeah. players are just getting growth experiences um, all the time, and I can I can I think what what fans can take from this is that it's all about individuals and the development of those individual players, not necessarily yeah. about the team and their results. Although you know those individuals coming together and creating a team is obviously part of the development as well. So let me just yeah, ask I think you. Just on that, I think, sorry, Andy, I think just yeah, on that as well is that, you know, it, we're in the process now. There's some of them, quite quite a number of them under 23s who were looking at potentially trying to push out on loan um, in the coming weeks. The January window opens up. There's, there's players there that, that need to go and get loan experience, senior experience. So it'll be interesting in the second part of the season and, and the reason we're also doing that is for them to go and develop in a senior environment. But we've got some really good 18, under 18s who are behind them and pushing through that, that we feel as though we're ready for opportunities in the 23. So we may be even younger for the second part of the season. And it'll be interesting how these young players do. Um, you know, for example, Jake Batty, he's done really well. He's probably ready. Now we've got Lenny, sort of in the under, Lenny Torino in the under 23s that ultimately. He's probably ready for some senior experience, loan experience. So it, it's continually evolving with, with the players for the individual needs, really, in their development programmes. You've mentioned it a couple of times, so I'm just going to bring in this question now um, from one of our, um, from one of the fans, sorry. Um, California Rover on Twitter asked about loan moves and how are loan moves for academy players decided? Is that yourself or is how many people are involved in that and, and how is that kind of sorted out? Yeah, there's a there's a, a combination of people. Obviously, myself and Tony Cards as head of coaching, as well as uh, Mike Sheeran and the under twenty three staff. Um, regarding, do we feel as though they're ready for an opportunity? We speak. We have regular meet uh, weekly meetings with first team staff and the gaffer, where we talk about the young players and and where they're currently at and and how they're doing. Whether it's been the week where they've been training with the first team or. What do we think is the plan for them? So it's a culmination, really, of first-team staff, myself and the staff here to decide on, you know, the right time for them young players to go out on loan. Um, once that's done, we then obviously have a culmination of clips and and, and, and footage and, and, we, and we start working with, um, with clubs and sending them out. And 
and just trying to get them opportunities really, as well as clubs obviously contacting ourselves and asking about young players um, and opportunities to go out on loan. So it's a, it's a, I guess it's a teamwork around the player and the individual to then source the right level of loan um, and the right club if that's possible. And has there been a shift towards making sure that they get first team minutes as opposed to maybe playing at a different level? So we've seen, as you've mentioned already, Sam Burns going out to FC United. We've seen um, Dan Pike going out to Fylde, which is obviously National League North level. Could they maybe have gone to National League or even League Two, but not got the amount of minutes that they were almost guaranteed at that level? Yeah, I think there's the potential of that. The, the thing is with them moves, they were done outside of the window where you can actually move to obviously to them clubs. So it'll be interesting. And, and we've already started the work around these young players for January uh, with the hope that, you know, we do feel as though some of them can go and get league experience, which will hopefully open up in January. Listen, the National League is like a, a league two, really, in my eyes, a lot of full-time um, teams, professionalism, infrastructures. You know, there's some really crowds, 6,000, 7,000 at Stockport, Wrexham. So I always see that as sort of a league too. So a lot of the work has started now in terms of let's see what January brings. But there's also that option outside of the window for the likes of, um, you know, AFC Fylde and, and them type of clubs. And what is important, and it's a good point you make, is that there's no guarantee that they will get, you know, play every game. But, you know, they're part of the conversations around the need for the player, um, you know, minutes as part of them conversations, really, because it is important that when they go out on loan where possible, they then don't spend a month and they never um, get minutes. It, it's That's that's the balance that you're trying to weigh up, although they'll get other experiences of, of being in a senior dressing room where, you know, it's about winning and they have to win games. Um, so... It's, it's getting the balance right, really. Yeah, almost as much of a mentality thing as a as a technical and, and physical thing about being involved in, in, in professional teams or even semi-pro teams that, that need to win, that want mm-hmm. to win and, and get that mentality right. Let's move forward and talk about, um, you mentioned already a lot of those academy products, former academy products, I suppose you can say, in the first team. Um, I don't think there was any new debuts in 2021, but obviously John Buckley, Dan Butterworth, Joe Rankin-Costello, when he's fit, um, are very much established in that first first team squad now and are in that squad every week. Um, Chris Hayes asks a question, do the young players take inspiration from the former academy graduates in the first 11 and, and does that have a positive impact on the on the feel around the building? Yeah, massively. I think ultimately I've, I've always said that the, the aim of the academy system is to to provide players for our first team, um, you know, or, you know, give them careers in the game. So we take massive pride as staff um, those players are inspirational to the young players coming through the system. I often talk about pathway and opportunity. I think this is one of the best clubs, you know, for that um, in terms of, of, of providing that. Um, you know, so we, we take real pride. There's, there's, it motivates the, the young players here within the system. I think, although in terms of debuts, but you just mentioned some of them players there, they've become really established first-team players. You know, I think um, Bucco's done terrifically well. I think, obviously, Joe Rankin-Costello, when when he's come in and, and, and played, as you know, we see they've really established themselves into the first team, which which is really important. Um, you know, backed up as you say by the likes of Dan Butterworth, Hayden Carter's, you know, um, Tyler McGlaw at times. As so, 
you know, it's a, it's, it's a massive motivation for the young players in the building here that they can see that there'll be opportunities. There's a pathway um, into our first team, which, which is massively important, really. Yeah, and it's, you know, maybe no new debuts, but Jake Garrett, Dan Pike, Conor McBride, Lenny Torino, uh, Jordan Easton, all of these pe- people have been in the, on the bench, I think, for the first team squads at some point during the year and have had plenty of, um, as you mentioned already, players training with the first team and that kind of being able to kind of bring them into the senior squad to train and and take them back out again is also a very positive thing. And and, and I guess, do you see that as all part of the process? And and how do you kind of assess for the first time that a player should go up and and train with the first team? Is that the first team asking you or are you asking them? Yeah, listen, I think think it is part of the process in terms of their development. A lot of them players, a lot of the 23s um, went pre-season with the first team of Scotland, which was fantastic for them. You know, they're in front of the gaffer and the staff every day, every training session. So that's part of their process um, and development plan, really, in terms of, you know, some of them were around pre-season games. And day to day, you know, these week we have weekly conversations with the gaffer and the first team staff about young players. Sometimes, you know, we'll get a call in the morning that they need three or four, the 23s to go up. Sometimes it'll be selected by us. Sometimes it's positional-based as to what they need. But what we then make sure is that they all get opportunities to do that. So we'll mix it up in terms of what players go up and just to to expose them to the first-team staff a little bit more and the environment, really. Um, So we manage that accordingly down here. Um, and the and the gaffer and the first team staff have been really complimentary about the young players who who have gone up. Um, a particular one, obviously, Ash Phillips um, is up there on a full time basis, um, is because of to to where he's currently at um, in his development. So, you know, it's it's a mixture really, and and we have a, a, a big say with the first team staff as to players who who go and train or go and be part of the squad and the group really. Um, which which is really good that we can, we have that connection and we have them conversations regularly really about the the young players in the system. Yeah, speaking of Ash and also Jake, you you mentioned in your kind of introduction there they got recognition for England and Zach also with Ireland. Um, I I spoke to John Prince about this when I recorded with him, and in my personal opinion that some clubs certain clubs don't get maybe the recognition that others do in terms of England honours especially I know we've had players representing Scotland and Wales as well in the in the system um but was it a buzz for for you guys to know that Ash and Jake had, had got the call up and does that reflect well on the academy or are you not really bothered about how it looks at the academy it's just those individuals no listen I think I think we all benefit I think the football club benefits the academy the players their families I think we all benefit from from international recognition I think it says a lot about the work that goes on within this building um, in terms of the development of them, them young players. You know, I, I look at Jake Batty and, and, and Jake come into us as sort of 14, 15 from grassroots football. So in the space of two or three years, he's now, you know, gone and travelled with England under 17s um, and had real good feedback in terms of, of how he's done. So, you know, I think it's fantastic recognition. Um, you know, I think it's great that, those international associations can, can see that Blackburn Rovers have got some good young players. Um, you know, we, we do talk to staff at the FA, at, at the other islands, England, around our young players. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's recognition, really, to, 
to the talent that we feel as though we're currently got in the building, which which is quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Just another quick one on Ash and uh, Zach, as they've been mentioned. Um, Ash has been out for with injury for for a little while, and obviously Zach um, has had an operation, I think, recently. Can yeah. you just give us a quick word on both of those two and their recovery? Yeah, to Ash is back on the grass. Um, we're hoping to have him back in the next couple of weeks, um, which which is great in terms of obviously the youth cup being around the corner as well um, in January. So. Um, he's back and, and should be back playing pretty soon, which which is great for him. Um, Zach obviously uh, um, had a, an operation this week um, with a long term knee injury, um, so he'll start. Obviously, it's this, you know, it's 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 devastating for Zach, and, and, and we're devastated for him. But ultimately, we're giving him the best support um, around his rehab and, and and recovery from that injury. Really, with I hope that you know it's probably going to be next season. Um, before we see Zach back back playing, so um, we just give him all the support that we can at this moment in time. I think Zach can be encouraged by, you know, modern science at the moment. The, you, the players come back fitter and stronger from these things in the end. And um, you know, I sent him a message yesterday with with that. I think, you know, he's he's obviously his mental capacity as a footballer is probably one of his strongest assets, and he he won't lose that. In fact, he can watch a lot of football and and take a lot in and develop that. And if he can come back fit and strong, then I, I don't see any reason why he can't continue the development that he he was on a fantastic pathway. Yeah. Um, and, and we all could see his talent, and he's that's still going to be there. So uh, hopefully, you know, we all wish him well, and hopefully he comes through it um, um, just as as good as he was. Um, right, let's move forward then and talk about um, what's changed in the academy this year in terms of there's been quite a few um, staffing changes and, and structural changes as well. So just if you could just take us kind of through kind of structural changes that have happened and 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 how you've kind of molded the academy together with Tony um, into, the, into the way that it is now. Yeah, I think, um, again, it was we're, we're constantly reviewing the programme and looking at how can we get better, how can we we maximise the potential in the building. And um, one of the one of the key changes for us was was in the coaching department where um, we actually decided to bring in sort of two senior coaches over the foundation phase and the, the youth development phase. I think previously, you know, you had to have two full-time coaches in the foundation phase um, and three in the YDP, the youth development phase. But all of them coaches formed part of a team or took a team in a group. So we decided to have two seniors, really, that overseen each phase and would sit under Tony Cars as part of that structure. Um, reasons for that, really, Andy, we just felt as though to have someone who sort of detached themselves from, from a team as such. Um, so when it comes to sort of making decisions and evaluating players, if you sort of sit on the outside of it, we feel as though that, that helps. It's also supporting Tony Carr's in, in some of his um, responsibilities around the development of the coaching staff. Um, so we brought Paul Graham into the foundation phase to, as senior foundation phase coach and John Prince as senior YDP coach, really. Um, and we feel as though that that's really helped and it's been really beneficial in terms of, of, of what they brought in and, and how that now looks. So that was that was a big part for us, really. Um, and then there's been, obviously, some staffing changes around, mentioned before, Billy moving on to Salford, so Mike Sheeran's moved up. Dara Tuffy's moved up into the under-18s. We've recently brought in John Townsend to head up the under-16s from Burnley. Um, 
So there's been quite a lot of changes and movement within the, within the coaching structure. But what we do have, we have the foundations um, within within the coaching department that makes it quite an easy transition for either staff coming in from outside or staff moving up from within the building, um, you know, as part of their progression. And, and Tony Cars has been fantastic in putting the programme together that makes that um, really successful, really. Um, alongside that, obviously, Simon Cooper moved on from head of recruitment and we recently brought in Michael Cribbley from Everton um, into that role who brings a vast amount of experience um, and knowledge which is which is really important and we're currently working on at the moment the recruitment department around how it's structured around our scouting system around where our scouts are and how it works and and what sort of age groups have become real target age groups for us as an academy um, and at what level so there's a lot of work currently going on since Simon's moved on and building on the good work that Simon did to to Michael now obviously pushing forward with that as part of the the recruitment which I see as two recruitment and coaching two massively important parts of the academy really yeah definitely you know that sounds like a whole of a lot of, of change over the course of the year I understand that obviously academy staff move around quite a bit um but um are you confident that we've got the right structure now and that you've got the right people in in positions that maybe we won't see as much kind of change going into 2022 yeah i would hope so i would hope so i think we've got some fantastic people in the building i think the, some of the work that we do and the, the development programs i think recruitment is sort of just starting and, we're, and we've got a lot of work around that over the coming months really but I think we'll be in a brilliant position in sort of six months in terms of players and and and, and recruitment of players. So, you know, it and and when I talk about staff have moved on, I think it's it's a it's a recognition of the academy academy because some of these staff have moved on to head to coaching roles at other clubs, which is a progression. And you know, Billy moved on into into a first team environment. So, some of our staff have moved up to the first team. So. A lot of the staff have moved in terms of progression, uh, which says a lot around not us just developing players, but also developing people and staff within the building that ultimately they become, I guess, a target for other clubs. Yeah, which is yeah, which is always going to happen. So yeah, like you say, you know, and they move on with our blessing and thankful yeah. for the work that they've done um, for the club as well. Um, a lot of staffing changes. Um, one that you didn't mention there was Chris Samba. Um, obviously, that was relatively recently announced, but obviously has a has a wider kind of impact in terms of the fans because obviously they recognise Chris as a, a former Blackburn Rovers, you know, yeah. stalwart, really fantastic player that he was for us. Um, what is his current role, and what, what is it, and what scope do you see in terms of his development um, as as a coach? Yeah, listen, Chris is working with our under 15s at the moment. Um, he he's come in and. He's been open and honest to say, listen, he's on the start of his, his coaching journey. Um, he wants, he's a fantastic individual. He's dedicated, committed to his coaching, probably as much as he was as a player in terms of his, for the football club. So he wants to learn. He, he embraces the programme and what we're trying to do. He, he brings massive amount of experience and knowledge to the young players. Um, but he also recognises he's on the start of his coaching journey and, you know, we bring so much to the academy, but also we can help him 
along that journey and along that pathway to to developing his coaching aspect. So he's currently working with the 15s, but he'll come in some days and he'll be with Dara and, and Ryan Kidd out on the grass and just giving information to players. And, you know, it's fantastic for our, for our players to see that and, and be able to be like sponges, I guess, and take all that information in as part of their development. So it's fantastic to have him back at the club and, and coaching with our young players really and, and, and we'll continue to develop Chris and, and work Chris up with Chris along his coaching pathway. Yeah, I can only imagine if I was Ash Phillips or you know Charlie Olsen or Patrick Gamble, you know, just yeah. being able to talk to to Chris Samba about, you know, certain aspects, technical aspects of defending. And yeah, absolutely. And, and it's important that I know a lot a lot of clubs do it where we have, you know, former legends or players coming in and, and helping out in the academy. And I think that can only be a positive thing, really. So that's great. Um, let's move. Let's. I just wanted to throw this in there. I didn't send this to you previously, but I just remembered it afterwards. I was recently on a training ground guru um, youth development day, and um, they released some academy productivity rankings. And apparently, they did send them out to to all heads of academy that were listed in there. And we were ranked in there as twenty third in the in the product productivity rankings. Have you looked at those, or is there anything you can take from that? Are you bothered? Like, yeah. Listen, I think it, it's a bit. How they've been put together, obviously, is done by Training Ground Guru. I think we also have the the EFL and the Premier League who who produce their um, productivity scores, which we get, you know, um, in terms of looking at it over the sort of past 12 years and a three-year cycle as to, to how they look. I think it's quite open for debate to a point as to how the scores are generated and, and where points are um, generated from. But listen, I think... You know, ultimately, I tend to, I see where we sit, I see where we are, but I tend to look at up the road, really, at the first team and yeah. and what's currently happening with it within the football club. And as I say, if we look at productivity, we have five starters, was it last week? Um, and has been for a few weeks now when, the, when the, those particular five players are in the first team, as well as those on the bench. So, Great, all the stats and where we sit, but for me, it's currently looking up the, the road at the STC and, and who's playing on a Saturday, really, and we have to continue to churn them out and, and continue to do that, really, as well as getting, well, I think, where we've got to look and try and get more players out on loan, which is a big focus for us, um, certainly over the next month leading into January. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and also bring getting more players out, getting deals elsewhere, I guess. We've seen Joe Grayson at Barrow yeah. um, do well, and I think Lewis Thompson's at Scunthorpe now. Um, yeah. So, you know, and we, there's a lot of former players at Morecambe who are doing a fantastic, uh, having a fantastic season in League One at the moment. So um, we're producing players that can get professional deals elsewhere, even if they don't make it into our yeah. first team. And I think that's positive as well, that we can see that we've, we know we've produced players that they're able to continue their career in football. Um, let's move into some like just general questions then that have been asked uh, of you. Um, let's start with Carl. Carl Elwell um, from Facebook asked, um, how highly do you rate our under-18s in comparison to the likes of Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, etc.? Yeah, I'll be a little bit careful because I don't want to tempt people. Listen, that, that, that particular group, um, if I'm honest, has been since they a lot of them came in at under nine. And I've, I've sort of come through together. We lost a couple of talented boys to Everton at a young age who are currently around their first team. But there's certainly that core group have come through the system together. 
um, and we've added quality um, to them as well. Um, so, listen, it's exciting. I think we've got some really talented players within the group. Um, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think we've got a real opportunity from a youth cup perspective. I don't think there'll be many teams who will look forward to playing Blackburn Rovers. Um, I think we've certainly got a lot of talent that we're all excited about within the building. Um, you know, and it's a real positive. It's probably, yeah, as a as a group, one of the strongest that has come through the system. Um, but listen, they're even at this moment in time, Andy. They're they're doing really well. There's recognition, international recognition for some of them. You know, you look. I don't look too much at league tables. I look at you know performances and individual performances, and they've performed really well individually and as a group against some of the top academy systems in this country. So I think, you know, that's real recognition for, for where they're currently at. But listen, it's the start of the journey. We have to continue to work with them. We have to drive the standards every day. We have to develop them every day. Um, you know, and, and hopefully we'll get a number of these that, that can push on into our first team. Yeah, obviously it's not as widely available to be able to see the under 18s play for the for the people watching this and, and general public. But if you if you watch the uh, FA Youth Cup third round game against Birmingham, I think you can see what the the young players are all about. They're all very technically capable, and I think it speaks a lot to the structure that they've been through to get to this point where we've got that that group of individuals um, that are all capable of playing the way that they, they showed against Birmingham. I think it's Stoke City, isn't it, in the fourth round? Yeah. So, you know, hopefully we'll see again there, um, you know, just a good performance and, you know, the win will come if it comes. But, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a good run there. You've also kind of covered Joe's question, which is about the 18s, which is, is it the best we've had for some time? Obviously, it's a very good group. Um, I just wanted to mention at this point, Harry Leonard just uh, – is that he had news this week signing yeah. a, a deal um that must have been very very pleasing for harry his family and, and for you guys as well yeah listen it's, it took a little bit of time but i think it, harry's been with us from such a young age and um he spent he, he had a year out in the first year of his scholarship with injury um yeah. but he's come back it's and we've always known his potential um he can score goals his link up plays terrific um and we think he's got real potential so as with all young players, when we feel as though the time's right and we have to protect the football club and our assets and, and reward players accordingly around that. So, you know, it's great news that Harry's agreed to to commit his future to the football club. And, you know, again, he's, he's one that we just have to keep developing and pushing on, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chris Hayes has asked, is the, is the production line behind the current under-18s looking strong? Again, this is stuff that we don't really get to see from the outside. Yeah, listen, it, it, it can obviously year on year, you look at your age groups, we're, we've, um, we've taken on eight scholars for next year from the, the current under-16 group. Hopefully we'll add a couple more um, from externally, from outside, from other clubs, which we're working on at the moment. So, um, listen, there's, there's, again, there's some really talented players in, in that group um, that we feel as though have got long-term futures at, at the club. So, behind that, you know, we've got a really good 14s group um, where we've got some good players. Right across the age groups, really, Andy, we've got, you know, there's some really talented players in this in this football club and in this academy. And I think, you know, we're, we're really competitive now in terms of 
you know, I, I remember 10 years ago, there was an element where we, we would potentially lose some of our better players to, to other clubs, certainly at the younger end. But I think now people see, you know, the, the, the programme that we have in place, the staff here, the pathway, the opportunities that, and international recognition helps with that, that, that our best players have an opportunity here. Um, and we've got some really good players in the system that, that we're really excited about. Yeah, if you can see it, then you can be it. And people are seeing all those academy graduates in the, in the Blackburn Rovers first team. And like I say, now this international recognition with England is coming. You know, I can see why young players will want to come in and want to stay. Um, California Rover, you mentioned there about taking eight um, scholars from, from the current um, 16s. What's the thought process and who is involved in deciding which lads get a pro contract or get a scholarship? Yeah, I think the academy and the scholarships is very much done within the building here. Um, so we have a number of staff um, who will sit around the table, senior staff are from the different departments, from coaching, sports science, education, um, and we'll go through each individual player um, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll determine then, obviously. And that's the difficulty. Uh, we'll determine whether they'll get a scholarship or we feel as though they're not quite at the level, but we'll help them try and get, you know, a scholarship elsewhere. So the decisions certainly around the scholars are done within the building. Um, from a pro contract perspective, again, we have weekly meetings with the gaffer and the first team staff. Um, we talk about young players. We, you know, myself, Tony Cars, Mike Sheeran talk about the under-23s and Ryan Kidd and Dara Tuffer with the 18s to, to have conversations um, and then it's that the process then is taken. Obviously, myself takes it to the board, and um, with regards to getting it agreed, where I can then sit and proceed with with pro contract offers um, for young players. But it's a culmination of of input from across first team, um, academy, and then the board. Obviously, is is part of that really before I can start negotiating and, and and getting them deals done really for the young players. And. You know, this wasn't. A, this is a question that's just come to me now. Like, it must obviously it's a very difficult decision and very difficult conversations sometimes with those who who aren't going to be offered a deal. Um, what is put in place at that point to help the the young people who don't um, get a deal? Yeah, listen, we 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 have a really good um, department in, involved with recruitment, player care, um, a part of that process, and education because some of our young players. We've had a, 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 a George Wire who was with us as a scholar who didn't get a pro contract. He's just managed to get a, a four-year scholarship in the US in Florida and playing in Division One. So there's an element of support for, for those players who want to take that route. There's an element of support where we'll work with other clubs and contact other clubs, circulate and play a passport around the players that they haven't got contracts. Um, so there's lots of support from different areas to, to try and get them players fixed up because ultimately, Andy, if, it, if it's not with us, we want these boys to go on and make careers. Listen, and that mightn't just be in football, as I just said before, it might be scholarships, education, academics. So it's developing them in, in, in that sense. But I think we have a real strong sort of exit strategy to support young players um, once they leave us um, here at the academy. Yeah, and I will also say that having spoken to other members of the the academy staff, I think we're de we're developing these young people as individuals as well as footballers, and hopefully giving them resilience and mental strength and education um, yeah. to, to to deal with to deal with setbacks like that. Um, but obviously, there does still need to be that support. So it's good to hear that there is uh, stuff in place. 
Um, Steve Mack asks this question. I remember putting this to Mike Sheeran um, at the time when the, the proposals were, were came out, um, but he's asked again, so I, I will put it to you. Um, what was your view on putting two training grounds into one, um, which came out earlier in 2021? Yeah, listen, I think I think from my perspective, I look at it and if we can have one site where the academy and the first team are on one site, I think it has massive benefits. Um, I think, you know, under 18s, under 23s, training, you know, on another pitch where they can see the first team, I think is important. I think even the young schoolboy players who may come in on day release are sort of next door to a first team. Um, I think the sharing of good practice from academy staff with first team staff and sharing ideas and getting to see how how they, how we work at the, at the top level of first team, I think will be beneficial. So, you know, for me, I think it was a real positive to be able to be all on one site because it, it really helps with that interaction of academy and first team. Although I think although we're split sites, we still have that um, to a point, but being on the one site would, would be a major plus, I think, for players, staff um, across both sites, really. Yeah, and that's what Mike said. So, obviously, you've worked on the same hymn sheet there, which is <laughs> which is good. Um, and the final question, which I don't know what Joey is kind of, you know, I don't know if he has a sideline in dogs, but he didn't really have a question. He just wanted me to tell you that you're doing a great job. And then he also asked, would you like to buy a dog off him? I did ask what breed. Um, right okay um do you know what i've actually got a dog um and he's hard work so i, I think i'll give that one <laughs> <in here. laughs> yeah thanks joey though for your for your fantastic uh input to this um so yeah we've got through all the questions um th thank you so much for your time um what's the what's it looking like at the moment in terms of the next few weeks sort of leading up to christmas is it just as busy as always or even more yeah so, so um there's, there's actually no games this weekend so it's a bit of a breather really for the for the scholars and the next game for the 23s is not for us so it's just preparing them and then make sure scholars will get a bit of time off over christmas 23 is less and um, but they are in um i think three days over christmas and then it's gearing certainly from the scholar perspective to towards the youth cup um in january 23s obviously were loans and and trying to get players out and opportunities and senior environments and then the schoolboy program is just continuing to to implement all the good work that we continue to to do across the academy really but yeah so hopefully uh, and then a successful um second part of the season and fingers crossed listen the first team it's exciting at the moment that they're doing terrifically well. Gaffer's doing fantastically well and, you know, long may that continue. And, and listen, and they're very supportive of the academy, the board and the owners around the investment, which, as I said before, we we went through our order process a few weeks ago um, and they've continued to invest. So long may that continue in a real successful second part of the season. Result. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed for the first team that they can stay up there and continue to put in such great performances and getting good results as well at the yeah. end of it. Um, just, to, just to wrap up then, you mentioned about going into 2022. I think from this chat, I can surmise that we can expect to see um, younger under-23 teams, a younger under-18s team. Um, how many players do you want to try and get out on loan? What can people expect from, from the back end of this year? Yeah, listen, I think from uh, from players out on loan, it's I think they're all probably certainly not the first year pros, but the, the ones after are all probably ready for some 
senior experience. So we'll continue to push that, which will open a pathway for, you know, Ash Phillips hasn't played much, Jake Batty, um, Judd. A lot of the scholars are Harry Leonard um, to a point. So a lot of them boys, we need to push on into the 23s environment and, and push up from below. And that's sort of the, the target um, that, that we're trying to push forward over the next sort of month or two, really. Excellent. Right. We'll leave it there. Thank you for your time, Stuart. I know it's uh, well, it's pushing, getting towards midday now, so I'm, I'm getting ready for my lunch. So I'm sure you are as well. Um, we'll hopefully we we'll can do this again in a year's time and we can have another update and, you know, make it a regular thing. Cause it's pretty good to have like that kind of site that posting for people, I think, to understand what's been going on in the academy for over the year from your perspective. Yeah, no, listen, really appreciate it. And um, as I say, Hope everyone has a good Christmas, yourself and, and all the supporters, and hopefully a, a real successful second part of the season for us all. Yeah, definitely. All right, um, guys, if you're listening to the end, then uh, well done. We've I'll just give you a bit of news. Uh, we've got um, a, an academy player coming on. Um, I'm speaking to him on Saturday. It's Jay Haddo, um, who's got a fantastic story and um, is, is a wonderful kid. So I'll really be interested to speak to him and, and that'll be out just before Christmas. This one will be out in a few days time with Stuart um, from when we're recording. So I think it's coming out on the 10th. Um, so it might be tomorrow, it might be the day after. But thank you so much everybody for, for listening. If you've got any comments, put them below and myself and Stuart will, will answer those if, if it pertains to anything that we feel like it needs to be addressed. Um, but have a good Christmas everybody and we'll speak to you all again soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods, including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Growing up, you and your buddies were always on the same page. Thursday was pickup basketball night. Saturday was an Xbox gaming binge, but then the buddies started falling off one by one. So what if they all have that ring on their finger and you're the only single bachelor left? You've got your own bling. And this one doesn't come with any commitment, just a few really good moments of chill bliss. Why the sheets not go for the gold? For a limited time at Sheets, get your hands on a $3.99 milkshake like the Toffrees. Made with Hershey's Heath Bars. Unwind with golden ribbons of buttery caramel and a heaping scoop of whipped cream. And don't forget, you can save $1 when you order on the app. At Sheets, there are endless options when it comes to delicious drinks. Coffee house style cold brews, hot coffees, lattes, shakes, refreshers, and so much more. Everything is customizable so you always get exactly what you want. And when we say always, we mean 24-7, 365.